the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Today we're going to have a conversation with uh, Pastor Rich Jones and Dr. Matthew Dodd, both pastors at Calvary Chapel Hillsboro on the ministry Blessers of Israel. That's coming up uh, later this hour, and a conversation with the lead pastor of Imago Dei Eastside. He's also a member of the uh, Together PDX advisory team. Pastor Mike Dean will be my guest later in the second hour of today's program. And we'll take a look at a Barna survey on pastors and loneliness. It might be a wake-up call for the rest of us and how to better support those who are called to leadership. But first, a look at some of the day's news. Well, Beijing-linked hackers accessed U.S. Ambassador to China Nicholas Burns' email account in an espionage operation thought to have compromised at least hundreds of thousands of individual U.S. government emails, according to the Wall Street Journal. Daniel uh, Crittenbrink, the Assistant Secretary of State for East Asia, was also hacked in the wider spying operation disclosed earlier this month by Microsoft, citing people familiar with the matter. Uh, asked about the reported breach of the two diplomats' accounts, the State Department declined to give any details and said its investigation of the spying operation was ongoing. But it sounds like a very serious breach. IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley confirmed Wednesday that U.S. Attorney for D.C. Matthew Graves, who donated to President Biden's 2020 presidential campaign, refused to bring charges against Hunter Biden for tax evasion. The Justice Department allowed the president's political appointees to weigh in on whether to charge the president's son, Shapley said, during that heated House Oversight Committee hearing looking into allegations. The Department of Justice politically interfered with an investigation into Hunter Biden. He added, after U.S. Attorney for D.C. Matthew Graves, appointed by President Biden, refused to bring charges in March of last year. I watched U.S. Attorney David Weiss tell a room full of senior FBI and IRS senior leaders on October 7th, 2022, that he was not the deciding person on whether charges were filed. RFK Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr., has a has no business testifying in Congress on government censorship. That's what Democrats said ahead of during and following his appearance before the House Committee on Censorship. And Jason Aldean, small-town backlash, the country singer, and his wife are weighing in now, and many across the country making his song the number one hit at the moment. Artificial intelligence could normalize child sexual abuse as graphic images erupt online, according to experts. The Senate this week took some initial steps toward regulating the use of artificial intelligence in the government as senators from both parties indicated they would push for amendments to the annual defense policy bill that seeks to put some guardrails on the rapidly advancing technology. Senate Majority, rather, yes, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said that he's pushing for this year's National Defense Authorization Act to contain a package of several amendments that includes one addressing several issues related to AI and national security. Among the measures being proposed in the AI amendment is a bug bounty. It's a system that would encourage white hat uh, hackers 
to help the Defense Department find vulnerabilities in the AI systems they use. This is an idea that Senator Mike Rounds has worked on for more than a year. CNN and MSNBC skipped airing live coverage of the House Oversight Committee's hearing and the explosive claims from the IRS whistleblowers involved in the criminal investigation of Hunter Biden. IRS Special Agents Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, who had previously been unknown, who revealed uh, he revealed his identity for the first time at Wednesday's hearing, doubled down on their allegations that the investigations were repeatedly blocked and stonewalled from uh, seeking further information that could implicate then Vice President, now President Joe Biden, and that requests by U.S. Attorney David Weiss to bring more serious charges against this Uh, The president's son were denied. However, the two liberal uh, networks that carried every hearing involving Russiagate, the Ukraine scandal, January 6th, and both impeachments of former President Trump declined to cover the IRS whistleblowers that fuel corruption allegations against the Democrat currently in the White House. They instead aired limited segments recapping the testimony. A veteran psychoanalyst is warning young children are being indoctrinated by schools as the nation's largest teachers union pushes educators to introduce gender ideology before kindergarten. Erica Commissar, a clinical social worker and psychoanalyst who's been practicing for 35 years, uh, said um, a, a rather pinned an op ed arguing most young children are not psychologically or emotionally ready to discuss gender issues. It's just too early for them. She said on Wednesday, they're not really equipped developmentally to be thinking about their identity in this way or gender specifically. Last year, members of the National Education Association highlighted strategies to introduce gender pronouns to children starting in pre-K in a webinar titled Using Pronouns to Create a Safe, Welcoming and Inclusive Environment. Panelists recommended schools ask students of all ages their preferred pronoun and add LGBTQ plus books to school libraries. In June, the NEA released a toolkit on sexual orientation and gender identity for teachers containing detailed guidance on ways to dismantle systems of oppression and to get out of the habit of assuming pronouns along with other LGBTQ plus focused content. Commissar advised it is best for parents to be the ones to discuss difficult issues with their children like sex, death and gender, adding topics should not be brought up until a child starts asking questions or showing some interest. As part of a push to sinicize religion, the Chinese Communist Party has embarked on a 10-year project to rewrite the Bible and other religious texts. In the Gospel of John, Jesus famously confronts the accuser, a woman caught in uh, in adultery, saying, Let the one among you who is without sin cast the first stone. Well, in the Chinese version, an impossible sneaks uh, preview of the what the Bible with socialist characteristics might look like, appearing in the Chinese university textbook in 2020, the rewritten Gospel of John expert, excerpt rather ends with no mercy and Jesus himself stoning the adulterous woman to death. Well, it goes on from there, but this is just the latest effort to undermine the word of God. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to continue our look through some of the day's headlines. And then coming up later this hour, Pastor Rich Jones and Matthew Dodd, Dr. Dodd and Pastor Jones with Calvary Chapel Hillsboro, will talk about the ministry, Blessers of Israel. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our next segment, a conversation I had with Pastor Rich Jones and Dr. Matthew Dodd of Calvary Chapel Hillsboro on the ministry, Blessers of Israel. 
Well, as many as 55 percent of older adults fail to take their prescribed medications, according to data from the Department of Health and Human Services. Well, now a new artificial intelligence app aims to change that. Together, a free iPhone app built on generative AI rather is designed to help aging adults and their caregivers manage medications and other health care tasks. Well, using a smartphone camera, the person simply snaps a picture of a prescription bottle. Together, AI technology automatically detects key information about the medication and how it pertains to that specific patient and provides some instruction. Well, the anonymous IRS criminal investigator once involved in an investigation of Hunter Biden and known only as Whistleblower X was revealed to the Washington Examiner as IRS agent Joe Ziegler, who's been with the agency since 2010. He, along with his colleague, gave testimony just this week. And House Oversight Committee ranking member Jamie Raskin accused Republicans of pursuing non-existent crimes during his opening remarks at that same hearing on Wednesday. In February, I was invited along with Charlie Kirk, the founder of Turning Point USA, Dennis Prager says, and Robert uh, Kiyosaka, author of the bestseller Rich Dad, Poor Dad, to speak at Arizona State University at a conference titled Health, Wealth and Happiness. The invitation came from the T.W. Lewis Center for Personal Development, an independent center affiliated with Barrett College, the Honors College of the ASU. Well, about a week before the scheduled event, 34 of Barrett College's 47 faculty members signed a letter to the dean at ASU condemning the event on grounds that Charlie Kirk and Uh, Dennis Prager are white nationalist provocateurs, purveyors of hate who are publicly attacking women, people of color, the LGBTQ community and institutions of our democracy. End quote. They owe me a public apology, Dennis Prager said. More importantly, they owe ASU and their students an apology. Should they not apologize and retract their libels? If ASU has any commitment to truth, it should censure every one of the 34. Every other example of the uh, 34 uh, that they cited to smear me was equally specious and intellectually dishonest. He's not holding his breath for those apologies, however. A CNN guest claims wokeness is an imaginary issue. He also mentioned President Biden's economy as an issue. Julio Rosas, CNN's public, uh, political analyst, Bakari Sellers, he points out, asserted after Jake Tapper's interview with GOP presidential candidate Ron DeSantis that the average American doesn't care about wokeness ideologies becoming more prevalent in society. Hmm, really? Well, during the Tapper interview, DeSantis said wokeness has had a negative effect on military recruiting and retention. Sellers said DeSantis' focus on cultural issues like wokeness is out of touch because Americans are more concerned about the economy. Well, they're concerned about the economy, but not solely. Well, country singer Jason um, Aldean released a new music video this week touting how small towns wouldn't put up with the kind of riots and lawlessness many larger cities across the country face during the summer of 2020 and today. With lyrics warning violent criminals as well as those who disrespect law enforcement and the American flag to try try that in a small town. He sings, yeah, you think you're tough? Well, try that in a small town. See how... Uh, far you make it down the road around here we take care of our own you cross that line it won't take long for you to find out i recommend you don't well gun control activist shannon watts of moms demand action took issue with the lyrics since aldine uh, was on stage during the las vegas massacre in 2017 well it's escalated to other issues as well uh, including the location where the video was shot. We've since learned that Aldine had nothing to do with the selection of that uh, location, which has been used in a number of videos and uh, television programs over the years. It was selected for him by the videographers.
Senator Hall, Senators, plural, Hawley and Gillibrand, plan to introduce legislation banning lawmakers and executive branch members from owning some stock. And California um, has added three more states to their uh, state's travel ban list. So if you're a Californian, you better just stay home because most of the country is off limits. If you're looking for a place to move outside of California, this uh, list is a great place to start. Some have suggested New York City will distribute flyers at the U.S.-Mexico border telling newly arrived migrants to consider another city and limit shelter stays for adult asylum seekers to 60 days. As the city's Democratic mayor says, it's straining uh, uh, to house them. Well, welcome to the border of the country for um, the duration of the current administration. In an announced uh, announcement, rather, on Wednesday, the office of Mayor Eric Adams said the flyers would seek to combat misinformation at the border and that the city would help migrants find other housing and take the next step in their journey. This the um, safe haven city self-described. Joe Biden's climate czar, John Kerry, went to China this week with the hope of meeting President Xi Jinping and getting some concessions from the world's leading emitter of carbon. Well, instead, he never got to meet with Xi, though the Chinese strongman did take the opportunity to dismiss Kerry's mission by giving a speech to his country, reiterating Beijing's commitment to abide by the uh, dubious Paris climate agreement, which gives China until 2030 to reach peak carbon emissions. So far from cutting emissions, Xi effectively informed Kerry that China will continue growing its carbon footprint apace. Meanwhile, China's foreign affairs chief uh, stated that cooperation on climate change cannot be separated from the overall environment of Sino-U.S. relations. In other words, stop supporting Taiwan's independence. New York Times Krugman says we should politicize the weather. I thought we'd already done that, but he... Uh, the Keynesian uh, economist Paul Krugman evidently also fancies himself a weatherman. In a recent op-ed published in the New York Times, Krugman argued against uh, Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis' statement that he always rejected the politicization of the weather, as is the punk, uh, penchant for uh, leftists who see everything as political. Krugman took offense. We absolutely should politicize the weather, he asserted, contending without even the remotest awareness of hubris that weather is a political issue. In fact, Americans should be aware that it's one of the most important issues they'll be voting on in November. And on what does uh, Krugman base his assertion? Well, on this uh, demonstrably false assertion, we're living in a time of accelerating climate-related disasters and the environmental extremism of one party, um, uh, which is more hostile to climate action than the other, would in more rational political debate be the biggest election issue of them all. The list continues to grow. A recently unearthed 34-page memo from the Department of Defense reveals that promoting the woke trans agenda trumps concerning over concerns rather over military readiness. The memo purposes uh, uh, to establish uniform guidance regarding the medical and mental health care of service members who identify as transgender. Significantly, it shows the creation of a special fitness waiver for transgender identifying soldiers who, due to their receiving gender transition treatment, will be non-deployable during the initial phase of stabilization. Um, they will likely take six to nine months. Put another way, soldiers who act on their gender identity um, will effectively be useless for deployment for half a year or longer. How does the U.S. military expect to fight a war with soldiers in such a condition? Well, apparently, the administration believes that diversity and inclusion is a magic spell that defeats all enemies. 
In other news, New York City will pay $13.7 million to George Floyd protesters over alleged police misconduct. The Senate passed a measure to ensure presidents don't unilaterally withdraw from NATO. And U.S. government agencies set a a target to purchase 9,500 electric vehicles in the year 2023. California of East Coast, New Jersey, moved to ban new gas-powered cars by 2035. And Tim Ballard, the anti-child trafficking activist upon whom the movie Sound of Freedom is based, is starting a new venture that sources say will coordinate the efforts of multiple groups. Ballard left his post as CEO of the Glenn Beck-backed Nazarene Fund after announcing the plan, the new plan, and also recently parted ways with Operation Underground Railroad, the organization he founded and which was the basis for the wildly successful movie. The activist and former Department of Homeland Security agent told Tim Poole recently that he was stepping down to start a new foundation called the Spear Fund. Virginia finalized a rule requiring parental consent for school gender transitions and an accidental uh, release of data revealed how many people actually died of COVID in China. And Russia strikes Ukraine's critical port facilities in Odessa after halting a grain deal. Well, on this day in history, 1944, an attempt uh, by a group of German officials to assassinate Adolf Hitler with a bomb fails as the explosion only wounds the Nazi leader. 1968, the first International Special Olympics Summer Games, organized by Eunice Kennedy Shriver, are held at Soldier Field in Chicago. 1969, astronauts Neil Armstrong and Edwin Buzz Aldrin, they become the first men to walk on the moon after reaching the surface of their Apollo 11 lunar module. 1976, America's Viking 1 robot spacecraft makes a successful first ever landing on Mars. 1977, the UN Security Council votes to admit Vietnam to the world body. 1990, Supreme Court Justice William J. Brennan, one of the court's most liberal voices, announces he's stepping down. 1993, White House Deputy Counsel Vincent Foster Jr., 48, is found shot to death in a park near Washington, D.C. His death is ultimately ruled a suicide. 2012, gunman James Holmes opens fire inside a crowded movie theater in Aurora, Colorado, during a midnight showing of The Dark Knight Rises, killing 12 people and wounding 70 others. Holmes would be convicted of murder and attempted murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And finally, 2019 Marvel's Avengers Endgame passes Avatar to become the highest grossing film of all time. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Up next, Pastor Rich Jones and Dr. Matthew Dodd, pastors of Calvary Chapel Hillsboro and the founding pastor and executive director of Blessers of Israel. That's next. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. I'm so excited about this portion of today's program because we're going to introduce a ministry to some of you for the first time that was really launched a couple of months ago, but was birthed um, in 2022. Joining me today is the founder and senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Worship Center in Hillsboro, Richard uh, Rich Jones, who's also the founder and chairman of Blessers of Israel. Also, associate pastor Matthew Dodd, who is executive director of Blessers of Israel. And we're going to talk about this uh, vital, timely ministry uh, that we would love for you to uh, to take advantage of as a resource. So welcome to both of you. Thank you, Georgine. It is an absolute uh, pleasure to join you on the program today. Excited for, uh, of course, uh, this topic. It's uh, near and near to my heart. Thank you so much for inviting us out, Georgine. Absolutely. In the interest of full disclosure, I'm serving on the board of Blessers of Israel, and I I made that 
conscious decision because I support the work that this ministry is is doing. Let's just begin at the beginning. Uh, blessers of Israel implies that there's something that believers are are called to do. What does it mean to become a blesser of Israel? Well, the 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 phrase, the name of the organization, really we trace all the way back to Genesis 12, where Abraham uh, was told by God, "Those who uh, bless you will be blessed; those who curse you will be cursed." And I believe that that. Um, is transferred then to his son, the son of promise Isaac, and his son on down to the generations, so that it's as true today as when God spoke it to Abraham, that those who bless Israel will be blessed. And I would extend that even to say that uh, that ought to inform our public policy uh, as, a, as a nation, uh, because I believe that uh, we as a nation must decide to stand with Israel, and the church must decide to stand with Israel, especially in these latter days. Well, let's talk about what it means to stand with Israel. I know some of our listeners are are thinking, what about the Palestinians? If you are a mm-hmm. blesser of Israel, if you stand with Israel, does that mean that we denounce our Christian brethren who are Palestinian. What does that mean in practical terms as a follower of Jesus, not so much in terms of public policy just yet, but as a follower of Jesus, how does that, um, how does that work in the 21st century? That is a very, very good question. <clears throat> and uh, it's going to take a long time to answer it, but I'm going to try to make it fairly short in the sense that what it means is that believers um are called to stand with Israel against anti-Semitism. So I think we should start with that. There is a Mm -hmm. rising anti-Semitism in the world. Of course, uh, we saw the full brunt of it as the result of that was the Holocaust. But we are seeing a rise in anti-Semitism today all over the world. And so I think, number one, Christians need to pray and stand for Israel, stand with Israel understanding that God is not finished with Israel. Israel is um, the chosen people, near and dear to God's heart, and God is not done with Israel. And so therefore, it's incumbent upon the church to stand with and pray for uh, Israel. I think we begin there. Mm -hmm. But you also mentioned the the Palestinian uh, issue, and of course there are believers uh, who are Palestinians, and so we we do recognize that, but we have to look at the whole of the uh, the Palestinian Arab issue, and and see it in its historical context because that is a very very large issue today that is uh, influencing the world dramatically. We really need to understand what's happening there. It's a very large issue, and it's very much misunderstood. Uh, by many, I think we begin with the scriptures to understand the history, um, and then in in light of what the scriptures tell us to understand current events. So we would do well to begin there. I know that the founding of this organization really grew out of your love for uh, and teaching of uh, the scriptures. Uh, your commitment to teaching the full counsel of God's word served as the foundational distinctive of this organization, Blessers of Israel. How important is it for us as believers to understand what the scriptures teach on this subject of Israel in order that, first of all, we please God, but then we know how to respond 
uh, to scripture and, and history as well as contemporary events. Well, you brought up the history of, of Blessers of Israel as related to our role as pastors and Bible teachers. Both Pastor Matthew and I have been teaching through God's Word, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, for 33-plus 30, years. And going through the Old Testament, verse by verse, uh, this is, in fact, our fourth time teaching through God's Word and you see Israel through the eyes of the Lord when you teach uh, God's Word, verse by verse, chapter by mm-hmm. chapter. And you cannot help but fall in love uh, with Israel because God loves Israel. In fact, God says to Israel that He is the husband to Israel. You cannot help but fall in love with Israel since God has such a special place in His heart for Israel. So I think you're absolutely right. It comes out of that understanding of of God's heart for Israel by teaching through God's word. And I would add to that, when you look at the prophetic events, both pre-Christ and post-Christ, you see that uh, everything is pointing to how we, as Gentiles, are going to be saved through the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so looking ahead for us as members of the body of Christ, we need to understand what role Israel is going to play in the latter days in God's prophetic mm-hmm. program mm-hmm. And with the return of Jesus Christ so then we can stand properly, as Pastor Rich said a moment ago, in prayer and in our support and in the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because as you know, that's the only thing that will change lives is the yes. gospel of Jesus Christ. That's mm-hmm. what people need. That's what Israel needs. Mm-hmm. That's what Blessers of Israel is all about. We want... We want Israel and her people to understand that Jesus is the Christ and he is the one Mm -hmm. who will transform and he is the one who will make right all that is wrong. We need Jesus. We we as a church need to get to that place because I think sometimes in this life we get so attached to the things of this earth. Mm -hmm. We need to get to where John was at the end of Revelation where he says, come Lord Jesus, Mm -hmm. come Lord Jesus. There's the answer because the Lord is going to settle all accounts and he's going to make all right that was done wrong because of the garden. But let me jump into that because I think also we have to recognize, and and Scripture makes us to recognize, that when we look at the events that are uh, the biblical perspective of the latter days, the prophetic word, that Israel will be the center of the unfolding of prophetic events, and particularly Jerusalem, And in fact, the Temple Mount, uh, where the Dome of the Rock is today in the Al-Aqsa Mosque, will be the very epicenter of the unfolding events of the latter days. And literally, the world will be against Israel in the latter days. So I think, you know, we, we go from its history all the way to its prophetic future and recognize that there is a spiritual battle unfolding in, in, uh, the world today. And it is predicted to focus itself on Israel as we draw nearer to the latter days. One question I want to get in before we go to our break. Um, Replacement theology. There are some who believe the church has replaced Israel in terms of God's affection and his his covenant and commitment. Can you address that so that we're clear that God can be trusted, that he is faithful when he makes a covenant, he keeps it? 
uh, whether we're talking about Israel or we're talking about uh, the church. Can you address this uh, replacement theology? So there is a theology um, within Christendom that believes that all of the promises made to Israel have become null and void and have been transferred to the church so that the church has replaced Israel in God's agenda, you might say, for the world. And so thus, replacement theology. Um, Now, why um, they believe that? The primary reason is because they rejected their Messiah. So in rejecting their Messiah, whom God uh, sent uh, to them, and in fact, Jesus, when he was uh, coming down the descent of the Mount of Olives, and there was Jerusalem before him, uh, on that day we call the triumphant entry or Palm Sunday, he saw Jerusalem and he wept. He wept deeply, saying, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, uh, but you would not have it. Behold, your city is laid to you desolate, for you did not know the time of your visitation. And so there they connect that to they did not know the time of the visitation of the Messiah to the rejection of the Messiah, and thus all of the promises are null and void and replaced and given to the church. That is a modern, well, actually it's not very modern, it's quite old, oh, yep. but it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's arising in, in a way, you might say, it's quite old. Actually, it's as old as the Reformation and older than that even. And it's created a lot of, a lot of confusion in regards to yes. where the church should stand with Israel. Yes. It's also created a lot of confusion as to how to interpret Scripture because in order to uh, adhere to that doctrine, you must spiritualize a lot of God's Word. Exactly, especially the prophetic events with regards to Christ's return. Exactly. All right. We need to take a break. We're going to continue our conversation. Again, we're talking about blessers of Israel. It's not a, a, a ministry that we're hoping you'll just connect with in this conversation, but that you will become a part of this opportunity to better understand Scripture and to respond in a way that's honoring to God and uh, reflects obedience to what he is calling us to do as followers of Jesus. Quick break. We will continue in just a few moments. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We are talking about the uh, ministry blessers of Israel. As the founder and senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Worship Center, Pastor Ritz Jones has been committed to teaching through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And this commitment to teaching the full counsel of God's word serves as the foundational distinctive of blessers of Israel. Now, Pastor Rich has led many tours of Israel, gave him a deeper appreciation for Israel, her her people, and the history. Pastor Rich's study of the Bible has given him a burden for Israel and her people to know Jesus as their Messiah. In 2022, he founded Blessers of Israel to equip Christians to understand the importance of standing with Israel and her people and to establish a messianic school of evangelism in Israel. We'll talk more about that a bit later. Pastor Rich believes that God will use his word to prepare the church and Israel for the events of the latter days 
so that many will place their faith in Jesus as their Messiah before he returns. Also with us today, Dr. Matthew Dodd is the executive director of Blessers of Israel. He currently serves as an associate pastor at Calvary Chapel Worship Center in Hillsboro, where he regularly teaches at weekly services and gatherings. He's worked with Pastor Jones in various capacities since 1994, and he is the board chair of Valor Christian School International. Matt, Dr. Dodd has a heart uh, heartfelt burden for Israel and her people, and he has co-led tours of the Holy Land, which has given him a deeper appreciation for Israel's rich history and promised future. I wanted to give you a full um, introduction because I think it's important to know that you have a long history and roots in this uh, this subject of the church and our relationship to Israel and what God is calling us to do. Now, what is the vision of Blessers of Israel? Because it's it certainly is a, a resource to help inform believers, but it goes much further than that. What's the vision? Great question. Well, there's really a fourfold vision for blessers of Israel, or maybe we'd call it like the pillars of blessers of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, uh, what Pastor Rich was talking about earlier, it's important to inform people, the church, as to its relationship to Israel and understand um, the, the fact that Israel is going to be the epicenter of uh, prophetic events with regards to the return of Jesus Christ. And so we need to know how to stand with regards to Israel in the latter days. Uh, that's the first aspect of it. So there's going to be, for blessers of Israel, we want to have a leadership that will go and speak at churches, speak at conventions to help the church understand the importance of standing with Israel in the latter days, equipping them to uh, know how to defend Israel and to support Israel. So that's the first pillar. The second pillar is, as you mentioned a moment ago, we are looking to start a messianic school in Israel, and I'll have Pastor Rich share a little bit more about that in just a bit. But the whole goal is to equip messianic Jews to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with their fellow countrymen and so that they could see uh, their need for a Savior and that Jesus is the Christ and they too be saved. And so we're looking for those who would be uh, of like-minded faith there in Israel that would rise up with us and we would equip them, actually using some of the principles from Calvary Chapel in terms of mm-hmm. chapter by chapter, mm-hmm. verse by verse, teaching them from the scriptures how to share their faith. Uh, another component is um, the role of anti-Semitism. As Pastor Rich mentioned a moment ago, there is a real increase, and I think in the latter days you're going to see even more of that. There's going to be an increase as the gospel goes out, but with that there's going to be opposition, satanic opposition to the Jews because he wants to destroy all who are made in the image of God, and specifically he wants to prove God a liar in the, in the sense that when if the Jews were to be removed from the face of the earth, then Christ, when he comes, there would be no nation for him to rule over on the throne of David. So that's another key component there as well. Pastor Rich, do you want to talk about the fourth component? Well, <clears throat> we talked earlier about the events of the world and the arising of anti-Semitism, but I think that it's important to recognize uh, the the current events that are happening in the world as connected to biblical perspective. And so that's really that that pillar of the ministry of Blessings of Israel is to be a news source, a trusted news source, that will relay the information of the events of the world, but connect it to biblical prophecy and biblical perspective. 
So that is what we're calling the uh, Signs of the Times uh, news feed. And so that is a tremendously important um, part of the ministry because it's informing. It is um, doing what Jesus said, stay on the alert, watch for the signs of the times. So that's really uh, what the ministry is doing. It's watching for the signs of the times, interpreting the events of the world that Jesus said and indicating that these would be the things that would happen in the latter days. But to stay on the alert means that you watch from a biblical perspective so that you can pray, so that your faith can be increased, so that your fear does not arise. But this is a very important part. In my view, we need revival, and that's what really the aim is, is to stir people up in their faith by helping them to see that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is going to rule and reign. We know how this story ends, and we want to put it forth with boldness um, with that main pillar of uh, one of the main pillars of the ministry is our Signs of the Times newsfeed. And with that, we're also started a podcast. Right. And so what we want to do with the podcast is bring biblical commentary to the events that are happening right now and how they're impacting Israel specifically mm-hmm. and how we can be in prayer and stand with Israel in light of what is happening right now. You know, I appreciated you your emphasis um, Pastor Rich, on reliable source. There's lots of information, but there's very little wisdom. There's very little resource to help us make sense in terms of of God's perspective of the events that we're seeing around us. It can be terrifying to look ahead, to read the headlines and wonder, what does this mean moving forward? Where is the United States in the future of the end time events? But to find a reliable source that helps us to see what does the scripture tell us about these things so that we can um, avoid panic and to respond biblically and in faith to events as we are watching them unfold. Because we need a biblical perspective. Otherwise, it's so disturbing to see what's happening in the world. So we have to, we have, to have a reliable biblical perspective. But also, <clears throat> I believe we need to understand the, the, the context of what's happening, particularly in the Middle East. Because as I mentioned before, the events uh, of the world are going to be centered more and more upon Israel, and particularly nations arising against them. <clears throat> but we need to understand it in its context of mm-hmm. history. Because I think there's a lot that is being lost here. It's particularly when we consider the the Palestinian Arab uh, or the Palestinian refugees debate. I read so many articles that are so misinformed because they're not aware, or at least they're not bringing to bear, uh, the history of this whole uh, conflict. And when you see it in its conflict and then you see it in its biblical perspective, it brings light on it and the perspective is right. And I would add to that, Georgine, that we're not here to chase headlines. I think it's easy to get caught into that Mm -hmm. cycle. So our goal is not to chase headlines, but rather to look at what is happening in the world, how it is shaping mm-hmm. events, and then bring biblical perspective so that, again, as I mentioned a moment ago, people can be informed. And, and I think that information is powerful because God doesn't want us to be afraid. Mm-hmm. The Lord is still on the throne, and right. everything is being executed according to his plan. 
And so for us as a church, we get to be confident that God is working out his will, and now we want to stand where he would have us stand. It seems to me that's going to become more crucial in the days ahead, where there's greater uncertainty in our own environment to be uh, reassured from God's mm-hmm. word uh, that mm-hmm. he is a sovereign God, that he is moving things forward as his word um, promises. Now, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, I want to make sure our listeners know what's the best way to connect with Blessers of Israel. This is a great resource uh, that I would encourage you to connect with, and there are a number of different ways to do that. But what's the best way for our listeners to connect and to uh, support this ministry? Great. Just go to our website, www.blessers, and that's B-L-E-S-S-O-R-S dot O-R-G. Blessers with an O. That's the greatest way to get in contact with us, to see what we're all about, the mission and the vision. Plus, we're on social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Getter, and also on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, Excellent. We're going to take a quick break. We'll return in just a few moments and talk about some of the articles you will find there at Blessers of Israel. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. My guest this afternoon, Pastor Rich Jones and Associate Pastor Matthew Dodd. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. And I'm so glad you've joined us today because we're talking about Blessers of Israel. It's a, a ministry that has just been birthed, at least made uh, made public, uh, that is going to provide a tremendous resource for those of us who want to walk faithfully and obediently uh, in the will of God and to understand what God's intention is for us as it relates to Israel. We were talking about the fact that there is the Signs of the Times news feed uh, and a podcast that's available to help us uh, understand events as they're unfolding. Uh, both of those resources are currently available. Uh, there are a couple of uh, several articles there as well. We touched a moment ago on anti-Semitism and what's at the heart of anti-Semitism. We've seen it historically and following uh, the end of World War II and the Holocaust. The world was so appalled by it that we collectively, or at least most of the world, suggested this will never happen again. And yet we are drifting once again into anti-Semitism. Uh, the article makes the point that this is spiritual warfare. Can you talk a bit more about, as you did earlier, a bit more about the spiritual warfare that we're seeing uh, and it's expressing itself in the form of anti-Semitism? Well, when you talk about spiritual warfare, I think we have to go back all the way back biblically to an understanding that the enemy knows very well that the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the Redeemer of the world, is of the Jews. Jesus said salvation is of the Jews. Paul said salvation is of the Jews. So we have to recognize the spiritual uh, uh, element of this. The You can look at uh, uh, Revelation, for example, uh, where it, it graphically speaks about the enemy's desire to devour the the child of the woman, in this case Israel's son that was born, the Messiah Jesus, but that animosity and and uh, spiritual conflict is brought right to bear against the church as well. But the desire to uh, annihilate Israel, you can go all the way back and see over and over in the history of the world the uh, attempts at the annihilation of the Jews. And, of course, we've seen it recently 
in um, the Holocaust, but even more recently than that, at, at the end of World War II, when the uh, world, I think, was outraged at the uh, loss of millions of Jews of the Holocaust, sought to give a homeland to Israel. The United Nations, of course, approved a partition plan so that Israel would have a homeland. But immediately this was outright rejected by the Arabs, but particularly by the Palestinian Arabs. And the immediate result was war. But that was not just a war uh, for the sake of, of denying Israel an opportunity to have a country. No, it was a war for the purpose of complete annihilation. And so again, you see the spiritual warfare that's behind this, uh, and it's arising today again, and that's why it's ever more important that we have a correct understanding of Israel, in particularly uh, the prophecy and the biblical perspective. One of the concerns that is uh, rising among many observers of uh, current events is the alliance between Russia mm-hmm. and China. And I would add Iran in there as well. But the alliance between Russia and China, is there any significance from a biblical perspective uh, in that alliance? And how might we understand uh, events as we're witnessing them today between these two major countries? Yeah, I think that is very important to see. And I would with you bring in Iran, because I think when we look at A major prophecy in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, there you have spelled out that there's going to be this battle of Gog and Magog. Uh, Russia from the north, Persia is going to be involved in some other nations as well. Uh, But your two main characters are going to be Russia and Iran, and they're going to come against Israel. And, And really, when you look at Ezekiel 38 and 39, it becomes very clear that all odds are stacked against them. There's no way that they could possibly win. And there are other nations who are are watching and maybe voicing concern, but they don't step in and intervene. But God, God supernaturally intervenes and destroys Israel's enemies, and it becomes quite evident that God is working on behalf of Israel. And so really, in many ways, what we see going on right now uh, with Russia, with uh, Iran and the renewed ties there, even the increase of influence that Iran has, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you're seeing these, these relationships that are shifting and in many ways, I believe, are setting the stage for Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Battle of Gog and Magog. But let me add to that. <clears throat> what we're seeing today, however, is that Russia is not the, uh, the bear that it thinks mm-hmm. it is. Uh, but is quite weak in relationship to what people expected. And this is, of course, being revealed right now in the Ukrainian war that's unfolding. But we see now a uh, joining together an alliance, you might say, of China being added uh, now in this relationship that, frankly, is going to add a tremendous strength um, to uh, this partnership between Russia China, Iran, and others in, in, in what I have called an, a new axis of powers. Actually, they call it the axis of resistance. Mm. So they that's themselves. very, very fascinating. They themselves are calling it the axis of resistance against the West, and specifically the United States and Israel. So this is what I, I believe that is important to understand, is you take a biblical perspective, and then you look at the nations mentioned in the scriptures, 
and then you see the unfolding of these events, and it helps us to connect them so that we can pray rightly, so that we can be prepared, so that we can not be afraid, and so that we can arise in faith. We do know how the story ends. And I yes. think with China in particular, I think Iran has now been emboldened knowing mm-hmm. that they've got the big brother on the block. Mm-hmm. And so now you see them flexing their muscles and their influence as a result of knowing that China's got their back. But then we add a newfound relationship building between Saudi Arabia exactly, yes, and, and Iran. And, and that came out of the blue. No one expected that because, you know, they've been enemies for many years. Which then ties into Ezekiel 38 and 39 because right. Saudi Arabia will be part of that group that will voice opposition to the attack on Israel but do nothing. But then we have to add, who was it that made that, that negotiated deal? China. We see their influence growing as well. In fact, what's interesting is there was a poll taken, and, and there are many Palestinians who want China to be involved with mm-hmm. negotiations mm-hmm. because they trust China more than the United States mm-hmm. to have their back in negotiating with Israel. And Israel actually has reached out to China for assistance with the Palestinian conflict as well. And many believe that perhaps China is the one that's going to negotiate some kind of peace between Ukraine and Russia. Their influence is growing exponentially in the world, and therefore we must keep our eyes on what's happening there in those relationships with China. Right now we have such a polarizing between East and West like we haven't seen in many, many decades. Since, since the Cold War. Georgina, I just realized we're still... <laughs> We just ran off with uh, a tremendous interest in all this, and I apologize. Oh, no, not at all. People are listening to hear what you have to say. I'm facilitating this conversation. But I th- again, I think it's important for us to recognize this is a tremendous resource, and we're referring to blessers of Israel, to help us to become informed of what's happening, what the scriptures have to say about it, so that we're not surprised. And we're reminded that God is not surprised by events as they're unfolding in our time. The God of eternity uh, is overseeing and understands what's what's happening, and he has given us a resource in his word to help us uh, mm-hmm. to know how to respond uh, and to watch and pray. We're talking this afternoon with uh, Pastor Rich Jones and Associate Pastor Matthew Dodd. Uh, Matthew Dodd is the Executive Director of Blessers of Israel, and Pastor Rich is the founder and um, chairman of Blessers of Israel. We're going to take a quick break here in a moment, but when we come back, I want to make sure we talk about how our listeners can become involved and uh, not just take advantage of the resource, which I hope they will, but there are ways to be uh, to be involved as well, to become a member, for example. We'll get into that in just a few moments. Again, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. Is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Once again, we're continuing our conversation. Pastor Ritz Jones and uh, Dr. Matthew Dodd are my guests. We're talking about the ministry, Blessers of Israel, a tremendous resource to help us understand what the scriptures teach and to understand events as they're unfolding in our time and what to anticipate 
uh, in the future. I think it's important for people to have access to this reliable source of information. But I think there uh, there are opportunities for even deeper involvement with blessers of Israel. So I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about your vision for our listeners and, and those of us in the body of Christ who want to walk in obedience and understand what the scriptures teach us in order that we can watch and pray and uh, walk with faith and confidence. I appreciate you asking that, Georgine. I think the first thing we'd encourage people to do is to come to our website, blessers.org. That's blessers, B-L-E-S-S-O-R-S dot O-R-G. Come and take a look at our website. You can see all the information that's there in regards to our fourfold vision and mission to have an impact both on the church by equipping her and also on Israel in terms of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and equipping the Messianic Jews to share the gospel with their brothers and sisters, their fellow Jews. And so I'd encourage them to take a look at the website. You can see all the great resources that we have here. I'd specifically encourage you to go to our newsroom page. What we do is we act as an aggregate. We want to collect news from outside sources, and then we bring biblical commentary. We have original articles that are there. Plus, you will see uh, the, the most recent podcast that we've aired as well. So it's a great resource. And it's a trusted resource. We scour through many, many outside sources to find the types of news that are relevant, not not noise. We want signal, things that are very specific to Israel and, and coming from a, vo- a variety of sources so that people can say, okay, I can trust this now. And then we bring that biblical commentary to it so they can understand how to interpret these events properly. So that's one way. It's just to check out the source and and see it and if it's ministering to you if you feel like boy this is this is something i want to partner with then you can do so uh there's a way to uh, join our news feed and so you'll get up-to-date information in regards to what we're putting out at blessers of israel new content check out also our social media pages that's important for for churches invite us to come on out and speak at your church or if you're going to have a a conference we would love to come out there and talk about blessers of israel and the importance of this ministry at this time in history and obviously uh, we are a ministry and we would appreciate any partnership financially that you would want to uh, to give as well uh, so that we can be more effective and efficient in bringing this message both to the church and ultimately reaching Israel. I would add to that, <clears throat> when you go onto the website, of course, they can sign up to be a member. They can join the email list. They can join the news feed. But I would really highly suggest going through the videos where we give a tremendous background and history, modern history of Israel and a modern history of the modern Palestinian problem, because that puts the world's perspective, uh, the world's issues in perspective. Because I really believe that's going to become the central issue. In fact, that's what Saudi Arabia just recently said. It is. And what I like about the videos and the articles, we want to respect people's time. Mm-hmm. And I think it can get overwhelming when you're reading, mm-hmm. you know, these lengthy articles, and it's like, well, what's the bottom line? Mm-hmm. What's the main point? They're concise. They're precise, and yet they give you the essence of the history so that you can be informed. Well, it's a tremendous resource. Now, I know at some point in the future, I know you have taken many teams uh, to trips uh, to Israel, but in future that will be uh, an extension of Blessers of Israel as well? 
Absolutely, yeah. We uh, we know that when people uh, get an understanding of the role and significance of Israel, they're going to want to experience it for themselves. Yep. You know, when I was going to seminary at Dallas Theological <clears throat> Seminary, one of my professors, Dwight Pentecost, what a great mm-hmm. name for a professor, <laughs> Dwight Pentecost. He went. He he didn't go to Israel till later on in his ministry, and and he shared how, you know, going through the scriptures as he would as a scholar, it was like reading it in black and white and getting a picture of Israel, but not really getting the flavor. Then you go there, and it was like high definition, mm-hmm. and that's why I think it's so important for people to go to Israel is they begin to see where these biblical events happen, to walk where Jesus walked. Uh, it, it just will transform your life. Well, to use a, another analogy that's very similar, I don't know if you've ever, ever seen these uh, videos of a person who is colorblind, and then as a birthday gift or whatever, somebody gives them these new glasses, you know, and uh, they can see in color for the first time in their life, right? And so everybody brings balloons and everything and dresses up in great colors. And the colorblind person opens the gift, they put these glasses on, and they're shocked. For the first time in their life, they can see color, and they cry and they weep. I mean, it's such a deep moment. That's what it's like to visit Israel. It's like putting on the glasses where you can see the Bible in color. In fact, I was just there, just got back two or three weeks ago, brought a, brought a group, uh, two buses, and it was life-changing. Everybody who was on the trip came back and said, I will never read my Bible the same again, ever. It's that impactful. So, yes, we will invite people to join us on future trips to Israel because it is life-changing, and you'll never see Israel the same again either. Yeah, I know I've traveled to Israel several times myself, and that is so true. Of all the places in the world that I've visited, and I've been all over the world, the one place I always want to return is Israel. There is something there that draws me and captures my attention because so much of what I've read in Scripture has, you know, has happened there, and mm-hmm. I meet Jesus there in a very, uh, in a very different way, in a more tangible way. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, future where blessers of Israel will have the opportunity to travel together, not just to see the sites, but to be reminded of what happened in these locations that are that's relevant to us today and our understanding of who God is, what He has done, and what He uh, will do in the future. Meanwhile. Um, uh, I tell you, it's such an important thing to keep your eyes on what's happening in Israel. And so that is really the, the mission of Blessers of Israel, to help people to, to keep their eyes uh, on what's happening, to be informed about its biblical significance so that they can pray. And ultimately, our vision is for revival. Amen. And I would say when you're coming to the news source, when you're gonna, what you're going to see is there will be a, a focus on what is happening with your major players that we mentioned a moment ago. There will be mentioning of articles related to Israel, but also to Iran, to China, to Russia, and to those in the neighborhood in the Middle East. We want to see, but also the United States, because that directly impacts what happens mm-hmm. to Israel as well. Uh, you know, uh, the United States is one of the, the greatest partners and allies of Israel and vice versa, Israel to the United States in the Middle East. And so what's happening right there in terms of that relationship is so important for us to understand in the latter days. But in the United States, there is a rising anti-Semitism. There is. I mean, it's very concerning when you see what's happening in college campuses yes. all across this country. If you were to do uh, some polling, you would be shocked. 
how many people are standing with the Palestinian Arabs have taken their narrative and believe that's the narrative that, you know, that should rule the day. That is a misinformed narrative, I will tell you. Interestingly enough, Israel now is going to begin to fund education here in the United mm-hmm. States to help counter the narrative. And well, they should. And they should. Because yeah. that narrative is based on a misunderstanding and a lack of understanding, I should say, about the root of it. I mentioned uh, the United Nations made a partition plan. Can you imagine what would have happened had the Arabs accepted that partition plan? Well, we would have a two-state solution and we would not have this conflict that we're having today. But the outright rejected it and instead uh, a war ensued and no one thought that Israel would survive except for the hand of God. Because they don't want Israel to exist at all. Exactly. That's it. That's right. Well, no one ever believes that Israel can stand. And yet (laughs) the Mm -hmm. God who made a covenant with Abraham um, has declared what the future will be. Uh, Once again, we want to encourage you to take full advantage of this tremendous resource, Blessers of Israel, blessers.org. And by the way, you can put in the full name, you can misspell Blessers, and it will take you (laughs) to the right uh, side. I would encourage you to begin to look at the videos that help to explain the issues surrounding the nation of Israel. Take advantage of the uh, featured articles. There's some resources from outside sources that, again, are reliable to help us uh, to appreciate uh, what God's word has to say and how to respond, how to watch and pray. I so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, this ministry as it continues to grow and move forward and uh, the body of Christ becoming better equipped to respond in a way that's biblical, is honoring to God and stands in support of Israel. Thank you both so much for spending this hour with us um, to help us become blessers of Israel. This has been an absolute pleasure. And Georgine, we want to have you on our podcast. Absolutely. I'll be there. <laughs> I would love to do that. God bless Absolutely. you, Georgine. Thank care. you so much. Again, uh, Pastor Ritz Jones and Associate Pastor Matthew Dodd, who's also Executive Director of Blessers of Israel. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. As you know, this has been a summer of service and prayer and now worship with a culmination, uh, a culminating event coming up at the waterfront on this Sunday. Joining us to talk about uh, Together PDX 2023 is Mike Dean. He is lead pastor of Imago Day Eastside and a member of the Together PDX advisory team. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Georgine. So good to be with you today. Well, let me ask you, as a pastor of a thriving church, a busy church, why is this an important movement for you? And why do you think it's important for the body of Christ in this community as we come together for the sake of ministry and worship? Why is it important? Oh, it's important for so many reasons. But I think in such a time of divided, um, this, this divided world that we live in, the people of God representing the kingdom of God should put the unity of Jesus Christ on display. And oftentimes people talk about us fighting for unity, but the reality is Jesus has already won unity for all of us who are his children. And the world needs to see a church that's united and working together beyond our differences. We don't act like we don't have the differences, um, but Jesus has broken down all of the barriers um, of division among us. And now we can unite um, by his spirit. And so it's really important, one, for the church to see the unity, but also for the world to see the unity and the love. And that's how they'll know that we belong to Jesus because of the love that they see one to another. Yeah, absolutely. That's what Jesus himself 
uh, himself said, this gathering on Sunday at Portland Waterfront Park is a great opportunity for that display. I know many of us have been isolated post pandemic. We're just starting to emerge from what seemed like a hibernation. Uh, coming together and looking to your left and your right and seeing believers from different churches who don't necessarily um, worship the same way I do, but have their confidence and faith uh, firmly planted in Jesus Christ. It's encouraging to me as a believer, but it also, as you pointed out, it says something uh, to observers. It says something to our community and to the world that believers come together uh, to worship him and make him the preeminent one when we gather. Oh, 100%. And I, that's what this is about. It's not about the denomination. It's not about the church culture that you were raised in or the different experiences. It's about the kingdom of God being put on display. And when Jesus put people together, it wasn't just the same types of people who liked the same types of things. When you got Matthew the tax collector and Simon the zealot on the same squad as a disciple of Jesus, like th- this is what Jesus is about. And so us as the body of Christ, here with the Spirit of God to continue his mission, we should be putting those same types of people uh, in groups together in, in, in proximity to each other that we might learn from one another and that we might, again, be changed and transformed by the power of the Spirit. And so I'm excited for Sunday for all of Portland, over 130 churches coming together to worship one Lord. Mm, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Um, by the way, I want to make sure our listeners know we're talking about 4 o'clock p.m. at Portland Waterfront. The worship team is comprised of worship leaders from a number of churches in our area. Matt Redman will also uh, be joining with them in, in worship, and there'll be an opportunity to receive a, a an encouraging word um, as well. So this is just an opportunity for us to give glory to God and to celebrate what he has done and what he's doing in our community. You know, we've been distinguished as the part of the country that's least churched. And uh, I think a lot of people are a little intimidated by that, uh, that moniker, but God is doing some pretty significant things here in the Portland metro area. The fact that pastors are coming together for fellowship and worship and prayer, uh, that in and of itself ought to encourage everyone. Oh, 100%. There are pastors who, um, a lot of them are meeting in small groups monthly. Um, there's Pastors PDX is one of the arms of Together PDX. Mm-hmm. And the slogan is that no pastor walks alone. And I can tell you, even from my own experience over the last three years, I walk into rooms now, I go to different places, and I feel like I'm a part of a fraternity. Already was, but in a, in a more significant way where these are pastors who come together when we meet it's about praying and encouraging one another and reminding each other of the gospel and how God is with us. Because no matter if you have a storefront church, a very small church or a mega church, a lot of us are going through the same kinds of things and we all need encouragement. We all need the Lord, but we also need each other. And we weren't made to do this thing alone. And so I've seen pastors, uh, we all cry together and laugh together and share our triumphs, but share our valleys together, but also come and encourage each other. There's no competition. And that's what I'm seeing growing up in a, in a church culture where I saw a lot of competition and in kind of a day and age where there was a lot of kind of competition against the church down the street. I'm seeing more than ever a unity, a true deep unity where when folks are snowed in, pastors are going to the store to get groceries for other pastors or looking out or they find out someone's sick and they're going grocery shopping and sending meals. Like it's true unity and fellowship among the pastors. And I believe that's trickling down even into the the congregations as well. Oh, absolutely. When you have healthy, thriving pastors, uh, the congregations are going to benefit. I read a Barna study. In fact, I'll reference it later in the show today. 
uh, about pastors and loneliness and how many feel isolated. Mm. What you're talking about is just the opposite, recognizing that this is not an assignment or calling that you are called to and the weight that you're uh, called to bear alone, that you bear that burden together with others who have a similar calling. And and God is using that in our city to benefit the body of Christ at, at large. 100 percent. 100 percent. It's a beautiful sight to see. This has been going on for some years now, but to see it even during COVID kind of revitalize and to see a deeper even commitment of different pastors and churches. And again, this is not ignoring the challenges, but we don't have to wait for things to be perfect because they won't be until Christ comes back. So we can't wait for that or else we wait forever. But we can still do work together side by side for the glory of Jesus and, 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 and by the power of the Spirit, while we still are real and honest about the differences and the challenges um, that may exist among us. Yeah, yeah. Now, this uh, gathering on Sunday is an opportunity for folks who have been part of Together uh, PDX throughout the summer, whether that's serving um, nonprofits that are serving the homeless in our community or they've been part mm-hmm. of the prayer movement. But for folks who haven't been connected with Together PDX, haven't been involved in what's been going on throughout the summer and will continue in ministering to uh, nonprofits in the area. Uh, can you speak to those who might feel well, maybe I'm not welcome because I, I haven't participated in everything that's gone up to this point? Oh, no, please, please, please come out on Sunday. No matter who you are, if this is the first time you're hearing about it, you are invited and you are welcome to be there. This is for you. This summer has been a time of praying throughout the summer together as a city and serving the city, different initiatives um, by our um, our prayer. PDX is one of the arms of Together PDX, as is uh, Serve PDX and then Share PDX, which is helping to train churches um, and people for effective evangelism um, throughout the city that's been happening. But this is the celebration of what God yes. is doing and is continuing to do. Sunday, we are just coming together to have one big praise party to lift up the Jesus that we all worship. So you do not have to have been a part of anything this summer to be there on Sunday. We invite you. There will be food, there will be games, and there will be the people of God worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I would encourage you, if you'd like to learn more about Together PDX, which predates this summer and the activities that we've just referenced and will continue after uh, this uh, night of worship that's coming up on this Sunday at 4 o'clock p.m. at Portland Waterfront Park, you can go to togetherpdx.org slash 2023, and you can learn about the ministries that uh, were birthed some time ago and will continue, as I mentioned, uh, after this event on Sunday. You are invited. Uh, things start. Worship begins at 4 o'clock, but at 3 o'clock, they've got some activities uh, to be involved in as well, so you can have some fun there. There are going to be some food trucks, so you don't need to make arrangements to stop and eat. You might want to get something to eat there. And just plan to enjoy worshiping God together with fellow believers. This is uh, this is what we were made for, and it gives us just a little bit of a glimpse of what it's going to be like one day when we stand in His presence and worship uh, without uh, any uh, constraints of time or uh, physical challenges. All of that will be wiped away, and we will be worshiping in His presence, and this is what it's going to be like, uh, a, a sweet taste of, of what the future will be for us. Uh, Pastor, will your church be participating in this event, and, and what do you expect in terms of folks coming? Most definitely. I actually have the honor and privilege of leading the band that will represent the local uh, Portland area. So we've got over nine church or I think about nine churches represented in this one local band. And um, and then people will be serving in other areas of prayer and things like that um, on that day. But what I'm expecting, I'm trying to be modest 
But I'm expecting over a thousand believers that want to come together just to worship Jesus Christ together. That's that's what I'm expecting. But I'm really expecting transformation. Yes. I'm really expecting us to come and to declare some things over our city and to, to speak a different narrative. So many people have so much to say about Portland, but God has the final say, and this is his city. And he loves this city, and we love this city, and we're going to work together to bring the kingdom to Portland, Oregon. So I'm expecting some very, very powerful things to happen in the spiritual um, as well as in the natural. Amen. Well, we're looking forward to gathering at the waterfront. Once again, 4 o'clock p.m., the worship begins. You can arrive as early as an hour, and there are some other activities for you to engage in as well. Well, Pastor Mike, thank you for talking with us today. I appreciate your leadership and gathering with other pastors and um, helping to to guide and, and pray for and uh, accommodate what's happening here in the Portland area. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do and will continue to do in this city. A lot of folks have their attention focused on us for all the wrong reasons, but we're going to show them what God is doing here among his people who love him. Thank you so much, Pastor. Yes, ma'am. Bless you, madam. So good to be with you today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Again, Mike Dean is the lead pastor of Imago Dei Eastside. He's also a member of the Together PDF's uh, advisory team and uh, just grateful for uh, those who are leading and giving us opportunity to come together as the body of Christ. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Back in a moment to wrap things up. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the final segment of The Georgine Rice Show. I think I mentioned on Tuesday that uh, we enjoyed time with pastors from the Portland metro area for our Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. And it was such a joy to watch these men and women who are involved in ministry uh, just enjoying themselves without any expectation. I uh, came across a Christian Post story on how pastors are faring. And while it may not apply to every pastor, it does give reason for pause and a reminder that we uh, we really need to encourage those who labor among us, whether they're the senior pastor, the youth pastor, the women's ministry leader. Uh, the people who are overseeing different aspects of ministry in our church, that it can be a very lonely business. But this study in particular was on pastors, and uh, Ryan Foley reports for the Christian Post, pastors are experiencing more loneliness and less support than in years past as fewer seek out spiritual support, according to data from the Barna Group. Uh, they consider this cause for concern, and it certainly seems to be the case. We know that October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and I, I'm grateful that we are reminded in that month that we need to express our gratitude for the faithful leaders who labor among us. But in the meantime, for the rest of the 11 months, we need to be reminded that they need support and encouragement. Uh, the Evangelical Research and Polling Organization, which describes itself as a go-to source for insight about faith, culture, leadership, vocation, and generations, published data last week comparing Protestant pastors' responses to survey questions about their mental health in 2022 to data about American pastors' psychological well-being collected in 2015. Well, the 2022 survey is based on responses collected from 585 senior pastors across the country in Protestant churches between September the 6th and 16th of that year, while the 2015 survey is based on responses from almost twice that number, 901 senior pastors between April and December of that year. Well, this current survey has a margin of error, but it's not significant enough to delegitimize the findings in this study. These numbers are cause for concern 
Barna asserted in a report outlining the data points on pastors' mental health and support systems. With pastor data collected over the past eight years showing the significant erosion of a number of well-being markers, including pastoral satisfaction, motivation, support, and emotional and mental health, it's discouraging to see few pastors utilizing broader networks of personal and professional help. This is one of the reasons I'm grateful for the arm of uh, Together PDX that brings pastors together to encourage and support one another. Uh, it can be a very isolating business, but this provides a, a mechanism for them to enjoy fellowship together. When asked how often, if ever, they felt lonely or isolated during the preceding three months, 47% of those surveyed said, well, sometimes. Again, this is in 2022. An additional 18% reported experiencing uh, feelings of loneliness and isolation frequently. By contrast, a significantly smaller share of uh, responders, 28%, sometimes felt lonely and isolated back in the 2015 version of the same study, while just 14% felt that way frequently. In seven years, the percentage of pastors experiencing loneliness and isolation, at least sometimes, increased from 42% to 65%. Well, another survey question inquired whether uh, pastors felt well-supported by people close to them in the previous three months. In 22, 49% of those surveys told pollsters they were frequently receiving support from people in their inner circle, while 43% said they sometimes felt supported. So 49% said yes, well-supported, 43%, well, sometimes. A much more significant percentage of pastors reported high levels of support from those closest to them, frequently at 68% in 2015, while that share of pastors who sometimes felt supported was 29% back in that original survey. Well, in response to a question asking how often they received personal spiritual support, either from a network of peers or from a mentor, 35% of pastors surveyed in 2022 reported receiving such support once or twice a month. An additional 22% received it several times a month or more often. Seven years earlier, a larger percentage of pastors told pollsters that they obtained support from a network of peers or mentors several times a month or more often, while a slightly smaller share uh, said that they got it once or twice a month. Now, again, this is um, a survey from 2022. This was post-pandemic. Maybe those numbers would look different today, but it does remind us that leading in a congregation, large or small, can be very lonely business, that we as congregants uh, certainly should hold them up in prayer, but also encourage and support them in other ways as well. Pastors, after all, are just us, only with a different calling. While the trajectory of pastors' current relational well-being will not be uh, course-corrected overnight, small steps and intentional measures, the survey points out, can be taken now to begin shifting the trend toward a more positive outcome. Glenn uh, Packiam, he's a pastor, author, and Barna Senior Fellow, outlined the steps and intentional measures that can address the concerns presented by the data collected by Barna in a book simply titled The Resilient Pastor. Now, you might think, oh, I want to run out and get that for my pastor, but I would encourage the rest of us to read it. What what does it take for a pastor to be resilient? Obviously, they're responsible for their own spiritual life. But as members of a congregation, being shepherded by individuals who uh, make significant sacrifices for our sake and uh, for the sake of their calling, 
we would do well to have a better understanding of what what we can do to help them to be resilient. The chase for deep friendships and intimate relationships is a lifelong quest, he wrote. But it can begin today. If we really want to last in ministry, if we want to emerge from this as truly and fully human being, human beings, rather, then we must take seriously the human vocation of loving well. Uh, end quote. Well, the bar, as Barna indicated, the data focusing on pastors' feelings of loneliness and isolation, as well as their support system, constitutes a small portion of a body of evidence suggesting pastors' overall level of well-being has declined in the past several years. Now, that might be a reflection of the culture in general, of not just pastors but parishioners, but we certainly can position ourselves to be an encouragement and a support to those who serve and lead, and we would all benefit by uh, doing just that. Well, based on the research collected as part of the interviews with the same set of pastors in 2015 and 2022, Barna also found that the share of pastors who rate themselves as below average when it comes to having true friends has increased in the seven-year period. Also, the percentage of pastors who identified their physical well-being and mental and emotional health as below average rose in the same period, 7% in 2015, 22% in 2022. Just something to think about. A phone call, a note, an offer to help, encouragement. There's lots of the things we can do. All right, we are out of time. I do want to thank James Blend for producing, Dave King for engineering, and thank you for making the Georgine Rice Show part of your day. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.